Society. We wanted to talk to you guys about something definitely close to our hearts. So I know in past episodes, we've brought up Sir Nunos before. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was about two episodes ago. I think. I'm not 100% sure, but feel free to go through all of our episodes to figure it out. Yeah, definitely catch all of up them. on those if you haven't <laughs> already. So we definitely wanted to talk to you a little bit about Horde Gods in this episode. Specifically one, but we'll leave him for um, later. For later. We'll get to him. So a little bit about horned gods. Um, what is a horned god? What are their attributes? What are their powers? Or what do they symbolize, right? So we're going to get into that. And first one we're going to talk about is Sernunos. In, in Wiccan beliefs, um, I do believe myself in being Wiccan and pagan. Um, but he definitely is, a, is associated with nature, wilderness, hunting, Sexuality and the life cycle. He either has horns or antlers, depending on how he shows up, which usually you kind of see him in like the lotus position. And it's a little bit common, uh, that position. Um, you also uh, see the green man, which is another depiction of Sernunos, also represented with the nature and hunting and sexuality and all that. Fertility. Fertility, yeah. And then there's another horned god, Pan. Pan, yes. He's, yeah. um, he's the, the uh, one of the Greek gods. But he also has, like, the lower half of him is, like, goat. Like, legs? Yeah, I, I've seen him depicted as that with horns as well. Yeah. Um, but he also <laughs> is another god who is said to have been a horned god, a horned god yeah. and represented fertility as well. What we can surmise is that all of these different horned gods are basically all depicted with as different faces, but they have these core commonalities to them that they're all very similar in what they represent. And keeping that in mind, that's actually going to lead us into what we are here to talk about with you today. And that is another horned god deity that has become very close to us and the one that has been following us around, not in a fishy way, just in a, hey, I'm here, I would like you to learn more about me type of fashion. Mm-hmm. He's been really nice on that. I've actually asked quite a few questions for him, and he's been really nice and kind of like a loving, sweet energy. Right. Um, Which you wouldn't think. No. If you not. don't know anything about him. Yeah. So this is what today is about. It is educating everybody about Baphomet. Ah! Right? Yep. <laughs> you heard us. <laughs> okay. Don't quit listening yet, guys. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. I know everyone has probably seen or heard about Baphomet being depicted as this evil, satanic, devil god, which couldn't be further from the truth, to be honest. There have been multiple changes to his image and his representations over the decades. But in the beginning, Baphomet had nothing to do with the devil or Satan or being evil. Baphomet is actually more about balancing polarity. Things that don't seem to go together, fuse them together in perfect harmony. Like a duality. He is a duality, fused together and balanced. I know some of you guys are probably just going to say, no, he's scary. Especially if he's seen the, what is it, the Sabrina Netflix series? Yeah, right. Or any Hollywood movie. But again, Sabrina is purely fiction. You don't know how many times I've had to pause that show and scream at the TV, that's not how you pronounce Samhain! So, <laughs> please do not take anything from that show. I thought I was the only one that freaked out about Oh my that. god, you don't know how many times I paused that and had to explain to my husband that the information was inaccurate. Um, 
No. So, I mean, just throw that out the window. It's a great show as fiction, but let's just leave it in the fiction, okay? Let's get to the real information and depiction of Beth Mutt, affectionately known as Baffy. 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 <laughs> I just pictured, like, a little, like, chibi form. <laughs> <laughs> they actually have art of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> they have. You need to draw some, please. Oh, my goodness. All right. Anyway, so. Yes, back to the focus. <laughs> so who is Baphomet? Let's start from scratch. Throw out anything that you may have learned about him, and let's just start over from the truth. And let's start over with how he came to be. Okay, so first off, let's talk about the name Baphomet. Uh, there are several theories concerning the origins of his name. The most common explanation claims that it is an old French corruption of the name Muhammad. Baphomet, the depiction that everyone knows of Baphomet, of course, like I said, has changed over time and has been made to represent a more evil ideology. In 1854, an occultist and magician sketched Baphomet as a winged man with the head of a black goat. The man's name was, oh my god, it's difficult for me to pronounce, Eliphas Levi? Sure. His name is, we'll have a picture up if you're on YouTube where you'll be able to see the image that I'm talking about right now. And it's got his name um, on the bottom of the image, so you'll be able to see that. And if you're listening on the podcast, um either iTunes or Spotify or anything like that. Um, just make sure that if you are interested in looking at the pictures, just check out our YouTube channel um, so you can actually sh- see what we're going to be showing you as we talk. So Levi wrote that it was a fusion of the supposed Templar idol because the Knights Templar actually were accused of um, worshipping a satanic idol named Baphomet way back in the day. But they were accused by the king, but the king was also in debt to the Knights of Templar and it could have just been his way of trying to escape this debt. And the Knights Templar were actually cleared of a lot of the accusations that he threw at them. So who knows, whatever. But again, he wrote that it was a fusion of the supposed Templar idol Plus the goat's head, which is found in depictions of witches' sabbats. Sabbaths, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the devil tarot card. In almost all decks, well, not all, all decks, you do have the devil card. Right. But if you notice, every single deck is almost drawn differently, depending mm-hmm. on the artist of the deck. For example, the deck I have with me now, the Arcanum deck, um, actually does not show a goat, you know. Yeah, not all of them do at yeah. all. At all. This is just like a the human head that you see. It's more and... like what the card represented. Yes. Um, Levi was also inspired by Pan, another goat-headed god, equated with primal worship and social taboos like lust and sexuality. The image drawn by Levi contains the binary elements representing the sum total of the universe, male and female, good and evil, light and dark, etc. Levi's intention was to symbolize his concept of the equilibrium of the opposites. His artistic creation of Baphomet directly inspired the iconic devil card in the Rider Waite tarot system. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, it it did. The sigil of Baphomet with an inverted pentagram has been adopted as the modern Church of Satan's logo, but that's actually an adaptation to the original depiction created by Levi. Yeah, because it it didn't have the pentagram upside down. No, it did not. And the star on his forehead does not mean anything evil at all. We'll get to all the different parts of Baphomet and what everything on him means and represents too to help break this down for you guys. So talking about how the image of Baphomet has been modified and adapted, um, we've all seen it on everything from heavy metal albums to religious propaganda as a symbol of evil. But yet, like we mentioned, it's a far more complex symbol. There are so many different things 
represented within this one artistic depiction. Baphomet himself is, as well as the other horn gods, associated with nature, wilderness, sexuality, hunting, all of those same things. While the depictions of him vary, he's always shown with either horns or antlers on his head, often depicted having a beast's head, in this way emphasizing the union of the divine, so it's not meant to freak you out. It's supposed to... Like a balanced form. Let you see a balanced form. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about all these symbols. Yeah, because I'm definitely interested, especially if it's been, you know, changed. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the meaning of the symbols that are on the artistic depiction of Baphomet. From Levi? From Levi. Okay. Mm -hmm. The original depiction. So again, it's all about opposites and the unions. The idea of polarity, such as dividing the world into male and female energies, was central concept within the 19th century occultism. This influences obvious in Levi's depiction in several different places. For example, the gesture of the hand pointing up while the other one points down, this expresses the hermetic concepts, which, if you're not familiar with it, basically just boils down to... As above, so below? Pretty much, yes. Okay. The unexplainable, the unknown, the occult, you know, just that sort of thing. The hands that are pointing up and down you can notice that they are pointing at two different moons. The one pointing up is pointing to a white moon, and the one pointing down is pointing to a black moon. Those express perfect harmony of mercy with justice. It's sometimes hard to tell, but one of his arms is female and the other one is male, which is, again, supposed to blend together that masculine with feminine energy, pulling it all together. Mm -hmm. He has the female breast, but he has more of a male figure. Um, So, again, that's more melding of two opposites coming together, a balance of harmony. On his arms, there are words written, if you notice, on the picture that we have up here. And, again, if you are not on YouTube, if you're listening elsewhere, if you want to go find our episode on YouTube or if you want to go research an image of them, um, you'll see that there are two Latin words written, one on each arm. The Latin terms sol and coagulate, I think that's how they're pronounced. They translate to dissolve and coagulate, which again, they're opposing forces being brought together in balance and harmony. That's the whole concept and theme here. Multiple physical examples of Baphomet show him being both male and female. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, he has breast and the male, you know, body. Mm-hmm. That word. <laughs> Um, literally everything about him, it, it screams balance and harmony. Yeah, especially with the um, rod that's in the picture. Um, you can see the, the snakes entwining, mm-hmm. um, which that's also from about like the kundalini energy of the energetic body. Exactly. And the snakes, the two snakes are supposed to represent male and female as well. Yes. Baphomet also represents the unity of the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, which can be seen in the image here. Air and water are the easiest to identify, the fish scales on his body uh, as the water, and this uh, semicircle of the atmosphere being air around the torch. Baphomet's feet are planted on a sphere of the earth, while a fire burns on his crown. Now, speaking of his crown, okay, let's talk about what's on his head. On his forehead, there is a pentagram with the one point at the top, not pointing downward, with it pointing up. It's a symbol of light. And then the fire that is on his head that you see there is the flame of intelligence shining between his horns and is the magic light of universal balance. And for those of you who don't know, the pentagram actually represents um, the five elements. Mm -hmm. So fire, water, and air. And the top one, the pointing up is spirit. Now, the reason why Levi depicted him as having a goat's head, goats tend to be portrayed as going hand in hand with fertility gods. Apparently. I know, I'm just, I don't look at a goat and think fertility, but whatever. 
At least he's not wearing pajamas. <laughs> or does, well, he probably does yoga, but let's not get into the goat yoga. Okay, well, hmm. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna cruise right on by that. I just pictured him in a onesie. <laughs> nope. Done. Okay, I'm picturing him in a onesie. All right, moving on. Get back on topic. Where were we on that topic? His head. Okay. Now, the translation from Levi's original text on what he was trying to say his art meant and what he wanted it to depict is a little garbled with what I've got here because it is, again, translated from Old French. So bear with me here. Basically, the beast head expresses horror to the sinner who, while they are living in their material life, are responsible to bear punishment for their sins because the soul is insensitive according to its own nature and can only suffer when it's in the materialistic world. That's what he was trying to depict there. Not that it was something evil, but it was just to let you know, hey, you're getting a little bit less enlightened here. You need to raise your level. You need to raise your vibration. But in no way is it evil. It's just a reminder that I like that. you're being only this. You need to blend everything and become a whole, so to speak. I don't know if I got that off right or not. It's, yeah. it's a little hard to explain. I totally got that. So I got that. We're good. Okay. So with all this talk about duality and female and male balance and all that, mm-hmm. um, does Vampimit have a um, counterpart? I would say yes. Um, I'm not sure if it'd be the same for everyone out there, but I would strongly say I know, like, that it would be the Triple Moon Goddess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ecate. I see that. She's all about balance herself, uh, the light and the dark, duality forces. She's the goddess of the, the earth, the sea, and the sky. She's the, the goddess of the crossroads. Yeah, and I know that Vampiment uh, also is really good if you need help uh, crossing spirits over. It also can help, and so does Hegate as well. Mm-hmm. Now that we've gone a little bit into what the image of Baphomet actually represents, let's talk a little bit about our own personal experiences about him well he's actually popped up for the first time about two months ago mm-hmm. i want to say so it's been recent um, i don't know about you i was believe actually talking to mandy mm-hmm. about him uh she randomly you know decided to talk about him and i'm like okay cool you know um and i've actually only seen like everything on tv that was pretty much what i right. have known that was me a while back too yeah we of course you know anytime you start talking about someone they start popping up because it's like, hey, you know, you're calling my name. You ring? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I was sitting on the couch and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, someone's here. I was surprised because, you know, I wasn't expecting him to pop up. So um, he did. And his energy was super calm and slight. And that's the same like, feeling I get too. Anytime yeah. I feel it's like it's not oppressive and it or was far evil away. or it vile. wasn't like crowding or anything. No, it wasn't. It was calm, but also at the same time very obvious. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm here. It's not subtle, but at the same time it's not pushy or aggressive. Yeah. That's the feeling I get. Yeah. He's always like far away, pretty much like across the room. Yeah. He's not like um, all up on I your know, shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know usually like uh, for for Samhain, I usually do rituals and um, I call upon Sir Ninos, and he's always like right on your shoulder, like <laughs> he's a hot boy. Hey girl. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, with Bamfman, he's just you know just kind of far away and just I don't know. He was just there, kind of like hey, like I'm here, and I was like hey, 
Mandy, uh, he's here. Hello. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, what do you want? And I'm like, well, we'll, we're talking about him. So he's here. I decided to, to ask him, you know, a few questions. And I wasn't scared or anything, even though, you know, everything I've known is from like Hollywood. And he's been very patient. And he answers the questions. And he's really chill. Like, yes. Yeah. So what about you? Well, I've been seeing him for... Uh, about maybe six months or so. Okay. Six to eight months. Oh, I've never known. I haven't really been telling everybody about it because I've been learning more okay. information about him. And I'm like, okay, why am I seeing this guy, right? And all I knew at that time was what Hollywood showed us. While I was doing research on him, I was doing it very slowly. Like, I wasn't just diving all in. It was almost like clockwork. Him popping up like an image here or there, like I'm on Pinterest or something looking at art, and all of a sudden, boom, there's one of Baphomet. And I'm just like, okay, I see you, boy, I see you. Not today. And that was it for about a week. <laughs> and then I would see another reference about, you know, something about Baphomet. Yeah. I'm like, hold up, hold up, not this week. It backs off again. And it's just this back and forth for months. I can just see him just popping up being like, so when can you pencil me in? <laughs> That's basically what was happening here, okay? So ha- has he showed up, like, any, like, words or something that he pops up in your head, I guess, or shows you? Yeah, like, the word alchemy. Since he started popping up in my life, the word alchemy has been just following me around like crazy, and I didn't know it was also following around another one of our friends, Andy. So the word alchemy and Baphomet now are both starting to just come around constantly, and I'm like, okay. And then I started realizing, well, this exactly what I subscribe to in my beliefs, you know, with the goddess that I follow, Ecate, what I follow and what I believe, you can't reach enlightenment if you're not in balance with yourself in all areas. It all has to be whole, the light and the dark, right side of you and the, the shadow side. Like it all has to be together. You can't just shun part of yourself and expect to reach enlightenment, right? And that's exactly what he represented. And that's exactly what the goddess I follow represents. It's all these different things that just kept coming up and it it kept feeling like it was nudges into learning the truth. So I kind of just stopped fighting it. I'm actually glad you mentioned the light and darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like the balance between that. Because I definitely agree. I had to take a course last year and we're actually delving into that. You know, people think like, oh, I just want to be all light. But you can't. There needs to be a balance. You can't can't just shun that. um, There's no darkness. A light can't shine at all, as generic as that is. But it's still the truth. And now that you mention that, no wonder he just popped up to me these past two months. Because you're doing that. I've been been preparing myself Mm -hmm. to do this work again. Because it was tough last year. And now I know I'm prepared. And especially with with all, you know, my guides and all that. um, I'm just glad that. He popped up for me, and now I can, you know, he'll help me out um, now that I need him. Before you got here today, Sessie, I kind of took a moment, and I called to him, and I told him that we were going to be speaking of him today, so let us speak truly. And I just got this sense of happiness. Like, yeah, like joy. Finally, yeah. Finally, yeah. 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 And then I turned on the music. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't tell me. And I just put on a random playlist, and as the first song that comes up, was this song that's titled Half God, Half Devil? No way. And I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I started laughing. I'm like, okay, so you heard me. Okay. And we're still growing in our we're knowledge. Still we're still learning. And we're still growing that connection with him. Because it's it's a slow connection. It it's is. not all at once. Um, it's very gradual. Follow what feels right on your, in, your intuitive level. Yes. Don't just 
follow what everyone else is saying, what everyone else is doing. The mass viewpoints out there are not always right. They're just what everyone believes, so everyone kind of goes with the flow. There's nothing wrong with standing out from that crowd and saying, that's not right. That is not a truth, and I refuse to accept it. So, have any of you guys had any experiences with Baphomet? Have you had any experiences with any horned god, if not with them? Now, or if you want to maybe see what we want to delve into, this uh, that sounds horrible. I had an image of a big tub of chocolate <laughs> <laughs> with Baffy there in a onesie. Oh my gosh. I'm and not letting that go. you rubber duckies <laughs> floating in this pocket. And we're going to go deal with Aphomet as he wants to know why we're envisioning him in onesies. And chocolate. Actually, he probably doesn't want an explanation. No, he probably wants to know what's wrong with us, probably. <laughs> He's probably just laughing. I was just going to say, if anyone does celebrate Samhain and actually want to comment as to what deities you guys call upon, I'd actually like to know. Just because I've only uh, spoken to uh, Sir Nunos for Samhain. Um, but I'd like to know who you guys that's a good idea so let us know in the comments or reach out to us on all of our social media accounts you can find us on facebook and instagram at mystical moon society and we'll leave the links to all of our social accounts down below if you're on youtube and if you're listening to us on podcast definitely check out their youtube to get the links and to see those pictures also Mm -hmm. that we've been talking about they're awesome all right Let us know if you have any comments, questions, concerns, additional information, or if you think that maybe we should research some more and do another episode, because we're always up for that. That sounds good. And we had a great time talking with you this week, and we can't wait to see you next week. Bye.